The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 28, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 86. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Cardinals. That's coming up this Sunday. It has been moved, if you didn't know, to a 325 kick time at AT&T Stadium. That will be a fun game to watch. We'll get you ready for it. Nick, let's start off first. Give me an 86. 86. 86. Man, how about... I mean, have you ever heard of the California quake? Yeah. Butch Johnson yeah. were 86. That was back in the was day. Was 86? Why did I think he was 83? No, he's 86. Okay. 86. He's 86. He used to be... He used to... He's the the, the the six shooters, you know, yeah, the touchdown, yeah. all that. He's about the third, you know. Uh, well, you've seen the, the catch he didn't catch against the Broncos <laughs> and Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, you've seen that that highlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's the guy that caught that? Yeah. In the, in the, <laughs> I don't know why no, that just bothers me. Because quote, unquote, it, yeah. that. I, it's like in today's world, like, that wouldn't even be a right. thing. That you wouldn't, know? Right. Would know, there's so, just no chance. Trust me, and there's been a lot of times we do – you know, highlight videos and top ten moments, and people will say, "Nick, look at this video," and I'm like, "Nah, take that out. He didn't catch that." They're like, <laughs> right. Super Bowl, like, nah, give me something else. Yeah. Eighty six, Butch Johnson. You got one, Dave? <laughs> I got one. No, you know I, where he's going. I, well, I, just, I I don't I don't Schultz. I'm right. <laughs> I'm out on this game because like when I weigh in, then I start getting the comments. People are like, oh. <laughs> You didn't bring this guy up. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I got Dan the... Campbell. Dan Campbell, now head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yep. Dalton Schultz. Yep. I mean, perfect. Great. That's. Yeah. I'm just. He's having a great. I'm gonna stick to the. Guys I just got off a show with an 86, so I have to say Isaiah Stanback. There you go. That's a good one. I didn't that's even actually know a good he wore one. that number. Yeah, that's actually a good. Shout one. out Isaiah. Isaiah. Right. Isaiah. Good. All right, let's Sorry. let's jump in. I do want to talk about. One player that's been injured that sounds like maybe there's a chance he's coming back. Tyron Smith. What are we hearing? 77. It's for our French listeners. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? It means 77. Oh. Oh, I mean, oh. get your ass back on the lineup. Not at all. Oh. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he's going to play. That would have been funny. That's, that's what 77? 77. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. It's just the way you Wait, said say it. Wait, say it again. Slower. We were so off the rails already. Soixante-dix-sept. Dix-sept is 17 in French, yeah, so yeah. and Soixante is 60. 60. 60 plus 17. Is that how they do their numbers? Like sure. Not all of them, but that's okay. how they do that. Yeah. Okay. You got anything else? No. I I used to be pretty good at French, but I, it's been a long Took time. a lot of years of that in high school? I took six years of French. Yeah. Wow. It's impressive. It, it, st- it sounded smart at the time, but like I really would just wish you I never could, could use. It. Well, I would, like speaking Spanish makes so much more sense. Like yeah. that is such a more useful skill. Yeah, if you're gonna live in Texas, yeah, definitely. in America at this true. point, yeah, true. Uh, and I don't know anything about it, but I can count to seventy-seven in French. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So okay, anyway, Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith's <laughs> looking. I, he's looking like he's gonna play. I'm sorry, yeah. everybody. Yeah. 
he's looking like he's going to play against Arizona. That's the early word on the street. We'll have to see. But Are you okay with that? Because I know a couple weeks ago you were saying, like, man, just let him well, sit that's, chill. No, I'm not really okay with it, I guess, because in my mind I'm thinking, all right, let me look at the calendar. He plays this game. He gets through it, but he gets a setback, and then he misses the Eagles game, and then two weeks later. So, so I'm already thinking. Yeah. You know, when's the next one? I I probably wouldn't play him. I I probably wouldn't. But you know, if he's good to go, he's good to go. I mean, you, you got to have this game. I mean, yeah. You got to you got to win. That's the thing for me, and unfortunately, I haven't had. I'm gonna run the rest of these numbers today because I am curious what like all of the contenders home away splits are but like this this is sneaky important it's not even sneaky why would i say it's sneaky like they need these wins they need to maximize their seating i looked this up this morning they are winning their home games by an average score of 38 to 22 and their road the the road split is 23 to 20 oh are you serious <laughs> so what am i looking at here uh, that's like everybody's schedule the rest of the way. Oh no, yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about that. I just I oh, don't sorry. I don't know how much better everybody else is home, versus, home versus away. away I'm yeah. sure everybody's. Well, we I, it, I think the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not. No, they are great on the road, right? Way better on the. They road. got yeah. problems right now. Yeah. But it yeah. just what they did to Washington only f- emphasizes to me how important it is that this play, team plays as many games as possible at home. Yeah. Uh, and and. Yeah, I'm what? Denver's really the only game where they haven't played pretty damn well at home. Like, I know they lost to the Raiders. They scored 33 points in that game, mm-hmm. took it to overtime. So my point is, if if Tyron can play, I'm trying to at least get the number two seed. Number one seed's not really in your control. But if you can get the two seed, you're guaranteed two home playoff games. And that win. that is all in your control. You win yes. the final two, so, you stay at – well. You hope that you stay at two. You need the Rams to keep yeah, winning it's right weird. along with you, but it's weird. You got the best you can do is you got to keep winning, right? Yeah. Which and then, well, the Bucks can lose. I mean, it's not like they're they can. Yeah, I they mean, don't have they don't have the kind of schedule that makes you think they're I, going to lose. And, but they can. Nick's, they're absolutely right. They Nick's going to come at us because the the Lions just beat the Cardinals. No, no I'm I saying. That. I mean, they can though. They, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, but if the Saints can. If that Saints team that we just saw. Last night against Miami can shut out the Bucks at home. Then yeah, they they can be beat. They can. No, and, be. Wait, Who do they play? Wait, I don't even. Uh, know. I guess uh, here's the deal: the Jets. They play the Jets and this the week. Cardinals team that just that they just beat by 25. Yeah. 24. So the Bucks don't Bucks don't get to do the whole division stuff at the end. No. Well, they, I mean, they their played, last game is division. They right? played three of their last four against the division. Panthers they, are. Panthers I guess are they, I guess you now. can't do everybody that way. Yeah. I think this is a team that I look at Tampa and I'm like, they're probably going to keep winning. So your best shot is you got to keep winning and you got to pray the Rams keep winning. Basically, uh, because without the Rams there, then you drop back to three instead of two, um, or, and that means you get a, a home game that first round, but that next round you are on the road. Let me it, ask you this though: Do you do you, who's going to be the seventh seed? Okay, right now, let me tell you where they are right now. So you got the top four. You got Green Bay, Dallas, Rams, Tampa Bay. Then you got Arizona at five. Then you got San Francisco at six. And you got Philadelphia at seven. Okay, and I ask again, do you want to be the two? Yeah. Yeah. Take on the Eagles back-to-back like they did. I mean, you play them. Bring it on. I don't care about that. Well, here's the other thing. You beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 17. Probably not. There is a chance that you knock them out of the playoffs. I think they have to win out to make it. Yeah. Believe, yeah. Because they right behind them, right right now behind them, I think they've got New Orleans, 
and Minnesota, I want to say. Yeah. They're both seven and eight, one game behind them. Um, and I think if they, I think the Saints, I think the Saints would have the tiebreak over them. But um, I'd rather play the Eagles than the Vikings. I think I agree with that. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. I just think division games are tricky. Uh, you know how it is when you're playing division teams. It's just tricky. Yeah. And but, I, I, know, I, I recognize the irony of saying that coming off a 56-14 win. Yeah. But, but it is. It's trickier when you're playing division games just because, I mean, I think that's the Saints and, and the Bucks. Like, division games, division teams know you better. And it's just a little different than playing an uncommon opponent. You're right. But the Eagles just—I don't know. They—I I, don't—they're not afraid of them. Well, they don't have they don't, guys. I'm, I'm afraid of the team with the better quarterback, and and, and I don't think right. Jalen Hurts is that guy at this point. Cousins is better than he is. He, he is a better passer. I don't know that he's a better quarterback because what they're doing, what Philly is doing right now, running the ball, this quarterback works for that, and he works very well for that kind of style of playing football. I don't I think just, it'll matter though, because I just—I mean, if the Cowboys win the game. Then I'd, Philly's probably out. If the Cowboys lose the game, then they're probably out. They're probably not playing uh, Philly the in the two. first round. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's super. Yeah. Likely. So either way, it's not likely that. Now I don't know what's going to happen with San Francisco uh, and Philly because they're both eight and seven. So Philly could Their jump quarterback up. Quarterback got hurt too, right? Yeah, yeah. He has a well. That might be good for him. But he, he, they may actually jump, Philly may actually jump up to the six, which if if they beat Dallas and Dallas may drop to the three, so they still may get him. So there's still a lot to be figured out. The point I think that all of us are trying to make is Dallas to secure the best seat possible needs to win out. They need those final two games, um, and then they need a little help along the way with the yeah. Rams. And it's it's annoying because typically at this time of year. The results of this week can kind of set it in stone a week ahead of time, but that doesn't seem likely because unless, unless like the Rams lose and the Cowboys win and the Buccaneers win and the Packers win, then maybe that would set. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that both of these games, there's still going to be something to play for no matter what happens. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer in the sense of like yeah i'd love to rest zeke and tyron and tony and all these guys but it is it worth not having the two seed and i don't think it is and going back to what originally prompted this Steelin and seki have played well enough that i'm i'm okay risking the chance that he aggravates his injury I, I don't want that to happen but i'd rather have tyron out there for games that can get me a better playoff season. okay you make that argument the other way can't you also say, well, they've played well enough that I'd rather keep resting Tyron. Hope that, I'm still trying to win this game. That's a good point. Still trying to win, ho- in hoping that you know that they play well. But I'm, you know, going to yeah. save Tyron for the playoffs. Or yeah, I think he's a good enough player that he can do that. Like he can just go right into your playoff game sure. and go do Absolutely. It. We've For seen sure. him do it. Like he's not one of those guys that comes back from injury and he has needs, needs a game or two to to kind of knock the rust off. He's te- he tends to be tiring when because he shows it's not up. just his ankle. It's just the neck and the back and the ankle, I mean the elbow and all that stuff. So you're resting it all yeah. when you rest him. So No, you, that I don't I don't disagree with you. Dave, you actually brought up an interesting question I have for you guys, and this is hypothetical, but let's assume Dallas didn't have anything to play for in week 18. Um, but Philly is playing to get into the playoffs. Would you play your players just to knock them out? No. Or would you rest your guys? I would rest my guys. If I had, if there was nothing at all to be gained 
from that game other you're than... You're cemented at three, which is probably what would be the scenario. Three or four, you're cemented there. If you're there, are you, you're just I'm you're resting, sitting your guys. I'm resting my players. Yes. I don't, I I don't mean, care what Philly does. I mean, it doesn't... But, if, but it could be that... That's your chance to get them out, and you don't have to face them in the first round. I don't. I'm but not. But you don't care I'm about. I'm not afraid of Philadelphia. Yeah. They're not good. They it, like no. And I know, like famous last words. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I'm not. Oh my God, we we gotta play because Philly might get into the playoffs. No, they're not good. Yeah. They're not a good. It's team. like we knocked you out of the playoffs. Cool, I knocked Dak out. I mean, that's. I mean, <laughs> so that doesn't happen. Right. I'm just saying, uh, no Bad thanks. idea. No thanks. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We're going to talk some Arizona offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll definitely come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. At ATT, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbeatable bending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, January the 1st, to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, appearances by the Cowboys cheerleaders, alumni, ticket giveaways, and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and more information. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We're going to talk some Arizona offense versus Dallas defense. Uh, so let's start first, Bucky. I want to know, from your perspective, you've seen both these players. Um, is Michael Parsons capable of containing Kyler Murray? Um, I think so, because Kyler Murray doesn't look to run all the time. Like He's been a little more hesitant and selective when it comes to running. But I think now with this team in the middle of a slide, I think all things are off. I think he'll do anything. But yeah, Micah is certainly athletic enough to make it uncomfortable for Calamari in and around the pocket. 
How did the Lions beat them? <laughs> beat them up. Physically beat them up. We can say a lot of Knee things caps. about the Lions and their record, but they play hard. No, nah, they play hard. They're a physical football team. And what they did is they took the fight to the Cardinals. They also caught the Cardinals at the right time. Cardinals were kind of um, sleepwalking after getting beat by the Rams, walked into the air, weren't ready to play, and they got hit in the face. And I think what people have seen, like they are a team that typically had dictated the terms early in the year with their aggressiveness and physicality. Well, the tables have turned and people are kind of utilizing that formula against them and they haven't responded well. And so um, I think the, the recipe for dealing with the Cardinals in general is you want to make it a fist fight. You want to make it one of those physical games and see if they have the ability to withstand it. Buck, I'm glad you mentioned Kyler being a little more hesitant to run um because i mean yeah since his injury that hasn't been a big thing i think he and he yeah he only ran for three yards in that loss to detroit but the last two weeks i mean he had 74 yards on saturday against indianapolis so like and you kind of alluded to this do you expect them to to make more use of that because it makes them so much more dangerous or is it not worth the risk of him aggravating that injury no i think he did it and he kind of popped the player Lose our guy. Did we lose him? Oh, oh, he's there, there we go. Oh, yeah. Hey, Sorry, back. you're back now. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Nah, so, like, look, he he had a big run. He had a 52 yard run in that game, and then he selected. But they're not using him the same way. They're not really running zone read and some of that other stuff that they were running uh, early in his career. But I think now, man, when you've lost the way that they've lost, and you're in jeopardy of kind of falling down the seedings, I think you have to unleash Kyler and let him do whatever you can to keep this offense going. So they are now without DeAndre Hopkins, and I know they played some games earlier this season without him as well. How much does this offense change, and in what ways does it change without Hopkins? They don't have anybody on the perimeter that scares you outside of Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz only troubles you a little bit because he can control the middle of the field. But there's not a receiver out there that you're worried about. No one that demands a double team. No one that demands special attention like Trayvon Diggs traveling and those things the loss of deandre hopkins really hurts him and he's a different type player because he's not a speedster but he wins 50 50 balls without that element on the hopkins becomes very pedestrian that's why we're seeing them engaging these tough battles where they're not scoring the amount of points that they were scoring early in the year and the running game has not been as effective and as prevalent in their game plan as it had been early in the year. How much does that affect their red zone? Because I know in the red zone, he's another guy that can, like you said, he can catch the 50-50 ball. They throw it up to him a lot. How much is that affecting their ability to be effective in the red zone? Well, I mean, he's a huge loss because he he is an outstanding red zone weapon, does a great job catching the ball uh, when it's contested. Uh, Without him, now they're kind of leaning on other guys, unknown, and those guys, but they don't have a dominant player that you can count on. And A.J. Green is not the A.J. Green Mm -hmm. that the name Mm -hmm. used to represent. Like, he's a solid player. Without those weapons, you're seeing that they're having a tough time consistently moving the ball, consistently putting the ball in the end zone has been one of the reasons why they struggled. This is that time of year where we ask you about the Cowboys' fourth cornerback, but I wanted to get your thoughts on how you thought Kelvin Joseph played um, in his first start, and, and he got a lot of uh, snaps the other night. Yeah, he finally got a chance to play, and I think it's a good thing for him to get on the field. Look, man, the Cowboys have been playing so well. 
Womp womp. I think you was going to say good things about Kelvin Joseph. Bucky, no. Sound like we started that way, yeah. Cowboys are playing so well that you put anybody at cornerback. You put Dave at cornerback and he uh, played well. I don't know about that, man. I kind of want to see that. No. <laughs> Against two. No, you don't. Uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Shh, Christian okay. Kirk. Okay. That's, <laughs> Bad that's my, idea. That's what my question was going to be. Just, about Christian Kirk? Well, between Kirk and um, Moore? Rondell, Rondell Moore, yeah. both. But it's interesting. From what I understand, I mean, and this makes sense, but them not having Hopkins is forcing them to play those guys out of position. Like, Mm -hmm. Kirk has been a great slot receiver for most of the season. Rondell Moore is, I mean, he's just get him the ball however you can. But those fast. I'm not not going to say that about Christian Kirk doesn't scare anybody. Because, I mean, if if you're an Arkansas fan and you've watched him at A&M, my God, he's he's scored about 20 touchdowns. (laughs) And last year. He's doing it this year, too. Like He's playing pretty well this year. Last year he went 80. Did he go 80 on the Cowboys last year? Yeah, Yeah, he's just not Hopkins, but he's a a very formidable opponent. Not to take credit away from Christian Kirk, but the Cowboys just decided not to cover him on that play. But he's having he is having the best season of his pro career. He's yeah. got 69 targets, nice for 860 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he's having a nice year. We got All Bucky right. on the phone. Yep. All right. What's up, Buck? Finish your go. Reask your question. Yeah, I, just, I, I was asking you about Kelvin Joseph and what your thoughts are in his first uh, game that he played a lot of snaps. No, I thought like he did a solid job considering he hadn't played much at all this year. And I understand why the Cowboys hadn't played him because they were playing so well on defense. Um, but to see the young guy go out there like he battled and competed, it wasn't always pretty. But I think he certainly can get out there. But it's a lot easier to play DB when you got the pass rush doing what they're doing. I mean, they mask a lot of flaws because you don't have a lot of time to really go at people. But I think for his first opportunity on the field, I think he was, was passing. Buck, we were just talking about this while we were waiting to get you back. Um, Christian Kirk is having a, a really nice year for them. I assume most of that's been in the slot. So. What has the Hopkins injury done for him? I mean, is he playing out of position right now, or how might the Cardinals try to get him going in this game? Uh, this is more balls are going to in his direction. Like, you remove a guy who probably gets 10 to 12 targets a game, and DeAndre Hopkins, the ball has to go somewhere else. And so Kirk has benefited from that. He's a good player, um, a nice number three receiver. I wouldn't call him like a, a compliment or a solid number two, but he's effective if you don't keep your eyes on him. You don't pay attention to what he's doing and where he's at. Yeah, he can he can rack up a 100-yard game, but the thing is, he's not necessarily what I would call an impact player. It's just steady drip production, but it's not big plays, flash plays, the kind that make you as a defense coordinator say, okay, you need to turn off the faucet. <laughs> All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll talk some of this Arizona defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll have some more questions for these guys uh, about this matchup. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. 
It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. Dak Prescott is the nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide. Recognize NFL players for outstanding community service. Go to his website, faithfightfinishfoundation.com. Vote for him on Twitter. Figure out how to do that by January 17th. Vote for Dak. He needs your votes. Welcome back. Final segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the star. Didn't do it for the Pro Bowl, but it's okay. Didn't what? vote. Didn't vote for him for the Pro Bowl. Why, uh, Why didn't you vote for him? No, I'm saying the fans did. Well, I thought you didn't vote for him. I don't vote for the Pro Bowl. You don't get a ballot? I we all get a ballot. That's my point. But I did not do that. You no, decided I decided not to vote for him. No. Okay. All right. He didn't play well when it was time to vote. All right. That's that's what happened with him and Zeke and a lot of guys. They when it was time to Cast the ballot. I think I've said this before. Like, if if the president's gonna, you know, candidate's gonna say some really stupid things, I wouldn't do it on November the first. You know, bad idea. idea. (laughs) Yeah, people about to go to the stuff the ballot. Don't suck in November. You know, and that's kind of what happened. I mean, unfortunately, Dak and Zeke and those guys picked a bad month to slack off. Schultz had a had a shot because I think CD. I think we talked about it in late September. We were like, man, they're gonna have twelve people in the Pro Bowl. Like <laughs> everybody's gonna make the Pro Bowl, and then November came. And, and, and I so think much. there's, I think there's fifteen guys on the list, like alternates and and yeah. guys. But you know, now the alternates run pretty deep. Yeah, they they, they it's not just first guy. They have yeah. like second, third alternate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I still think. I mean, there's at least two or three more guys that I think have a chance to get on the roster. Yeah, yeah. Nick would not be a very good campaign manager, would he? <laughs> I, I think Nick's that's patience isn't good enough for him to be no, a campaign there manager. Is no, I think no, he'd lose he'd it. Okay, that's he would lose it. He would absolutely lose it. I thought that was good advice. Don't suck in crunch time. No, I mean, that's, that's fair. Great advice. That's, that's fair. Across life. That's fair. I'm just saying, Nick as a campaign <laughs> manager, that's not no, a good idea. I, no, you got to yeah. be very even, I think, to be a good campaign manager. That's not Nick. Oh, I'm not even keel. No, you're Nick would not. Be like, man, you suck. No. That's why you didn't win. And not only that, but like Nick would lose it with voters. He would lose it like that. Yeah, you would. You would have some moments because you can't you know how it is when somebody really gets on your nerves like you can see it in your eyes it's like Nick, don't do it don't do it don't, oh he did it his face <laughs> right he, he did rubs it his eyes yeah. rubs his face he just can't stop himself all right final segment oh, Here's i stopped a- myself trust me i stopped myself 
<laughs> That's oh, yeah, terrifying. Does. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it really is. Um, okay, so here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about these coordinators. Yesterday, uh, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore both talked to the media. Um, there's been some talk around the NFL because the rules have changed with regards to uh, coaches that are that will get opportunities to be able to interview for head coaching jobs, uh, being able to do that over the last two weeks of the season, actually starting now. Um, and you guys in the media ask them, ask Dan Quinn specific, Dan Quinn specifically about this, and Kellen Moore. Uh, what do they have to say about the potential head about potential head coaching opportunities that may be out there for them? Probably what you would expect, just that they're focused on what they're focused on right now. I thought they were both pretty honest about like if the right situation comes along, that would be awesome. Like I'd be honored by the opportunity. But Dan Dan Quinn had this whole it was it was great. He was like you know I didn't take this job mm-hmm. thinking about the job I was going to have next. Like I'm just having a, a blast here working with these guys. We're doing great stuff. And Kellen Moore, I mean Kellen. Kellen's been getting asked about this all year because, like, how hot they started. And then they played Philly, who he interviewed with last year, so there's a connection there. A couple college jobs have come open, which Kellen Moore was never going to coach TCU. I don't know why that was a thing. But so he's been – He's been answering that all year, and so he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, that would be awesome when the time is right, but we're focused on what we got to do here. I think it's interesting because the rules change. Starting today, teams with head coaching vacancies can request to interview assistance, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. Dan Quinn had a great – he talked about that too, of just like that's awesome for coaches to kind of be able to get a jump start on that and you're not just waiting until – because you know how this goes where you're focused, 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 and then all of a sudden the season's over and it's almost like the rug got pulled out from under you. Um, But there's such an unprecedented number of teams that are still in the playoff chase. There's no openings, right? Like Jacksonville and um, uh, Vegas Vegas are the only openings in the league right now. So there aren't that many teams that would even be able to ask to interview them. But I would imagine that'll change in the next Maybe if not in the next week, then in the next two weeks for sure. Like by the time the playoffs get here, it'll be a different story. And it's very interesting because one of the things I've heard just talking to different people around football about those interviews, you know, I think all of us as regular people hear an interview and you think, okay, just be prepared to go and answer some questions and talk. This is a different kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're going to be asked questions about, so what, how would you handle training camp? How would you schedule this? How would you schedule? Like there are some really, really in depth plans that these guys have to be prepared to talk about with these teams if they're asked to interview and Mm. it helps for Dan Quinn because he has the experience of being a head coach so there's probably a lot of that that he can lean on for somebody like Kellen Moore I would assume putting together those kinds of plans requires a bit of of preparation and and getting ready for that to be able to go into that that interview and really be prepared to talk about it you're right I think Kellen Moore might have an easier road than Dan Quinn when it comes to the, that interview process because you saying oh well you've done it you, but Dan Quinn can't just say that all the time mm-hmm. he can't just say I did this I did this I did this well yeah you got fired in the middle of the year he and, also took his team to a Super Bowl I understand I understand and then if we really want to go there we can go there yeah know? but no, no but, but but taking your team to but, Super Bowl how many coaches I, have done this? I understand like, but but I'm matters. saying but I'm saying and, and Dan Quinn is is great at, at and figuring it out, like he's figured out this defense. So I'm just saying, but the coaches that have done it before, especially him, he's got to have, and I think he will. He's got to have different answers than just leaning on 
this is what I did in Atlanta. He's going to say, I've done the and, and McCarthy's a good example of that. Because McCarthy was like, he's done it all in Green Bay, but he got fired. Right. And he, he was a good example of kind of showing and adapting to what has changed. Use your, your history when it's there. Also know that the NFL and things have changed and kind of learn how to adapt. Yes, I agree with that. I think the thing is, it still makes it easier because he knows he there. has a platform for it. So he knows, yeah, I know I got to have a plan for training camp. I know I got to have a plan for OTAs. I know I have to have a plan for this contingency and that contingency and that contingency. My plan might have changed a bit. I may have altered some things because I've learned some things in the years since I've been yeah. a head coach. But it does give him a, a basis, right? It gives him a basis to kind of know what he's doing to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. I think that makes it a lot easier for uh, for him than for Kellen. But here's my question for you guys, and I want to take this one at a time for each one of these guys. Tell me what do you think is the best characteristic that would make each of these guys a good head coaching candidate? Let's start first with Dan Quinn. Oh, wow. I mean, just from, I mean, and from your experiences with sure. them this year. Which is a shame because my – just like everything else the last two years, like the amount of – I'm very limited in how much I get to deal yeah. with Dan Quinn. All, But all, all those interactions have been fantastic. He's great with the media. He's a very approachable guy. Um, I think the thing I like about Dan Quinn, I mean, regardless of how you feel about how it went in Atlanta, you can't deny that he's been there before. Like he's he's done it. He's got a lot of experience with that. But really uh, what I like about him is – Probably the adaptability and the approachability, like the way, like he's just adapted his, this defense and his weekly game plan to suit his players' strengths, and like to a man, they all adore him. And so, knowing that he can, I would guess, very easily win over the locker room, and then will also tailor whatever he's doing to fit what he has the way that he has here, probably that. Yeah, I think I think as a coach, you've got to learn. You got to find the balance of like, this is what I do, and I do this well, and this is what's worked for me in the past, and this is my style and the style of players that I want. But also, like Dave said, you got to also, you know, you don't always get who you want. You got to deal with who's there. And and I, I don't say this in a bad way, but it's like he he doesn't. He's not going to go to the combine and pick out a guy like Jordan Lewis and say, put him on my team. He comes here. Jordan Lewis is on the team, and he's played fairly well up and down since he's gotten here he comes here and he says all right this guy's under contract he's going to be in the mix he's a pretty good cover guy and he's made Jordan Lewis into a really really good player and he's Jordan's had a great year and and I think it's a good example of this isn't always my preference but like I'm gonna take what I take you know not he also wants Jaron curse Mm -hmm. because he thinks he has a vision for him but I think it's that mixture of this is the guys I want but I'm also able to adapt and figure out other things as well. And, and, and like, like Dave also said, the players love him. Hey, G treats him like a man, yeah. you know? He's the smoothest cusser I've ever seen, too. <laughs> I mean, he will, just, he will just throw in a cuss word, and you're like, what? He say that? Like, yeah, he did. But I was like, oh, okay. See, that, and I think that's, I love that in a weird way. Gotta like, have that, too. It just encapsulates what I like about Dan Quinn is like, I don't think, like, we talked for so long about how, like, well, the Jason Garrett you get at the podium is so much different than the guy that the players see. I don't 
really think that's the case with Dan Quinn. Like, he just gets up there and he's like, yeah, we effing, like, you know, we really effed that up. And just what, like, he's not even approaching it like, I am at the podium. I am doing my coach thing. He's just like, yeah. We messed that up. I'm Dan, and this is what I think about what happened. How are we doing, guys? I think, the, like, the players. Well, you just lost in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Not doing great. Exactly. I never understood how he would open up a press conference after a loss. Tough loss. You just lost in overtime because the guy dropped the ball or whatever, and he's just like, I mean, how are we doing, guys? It's he like, believed in consistency. He did. Which, there, was a, there was a place for that, but he believed in consistency to a fault. No I doubt. I wasn't trying to turn this into a Jason Garrett slander session. I just I think Dan Quinn okay. seems like he's just himself. And players respond to that yeah. probably more than anything of just like, I just don't get the feeling that there's like a lot of politics so, with Dan Quinn. And, that, and, and players appreciate that. Greatest. So that's the easy one. Yeah, greatest asset of Kellen Moore as a potential head coaching candidate. I think he is incredibly smart. I think he has a very great grasp on where this league is going in terms of uh, trends and and the way you call and establish an offense. And um, he's, I know, like we kind of joke that he's kind of nerdy or whatever, but like he's a he's a young guy. I think he relates to players. I know his pro career wasn't anything that anybody's going to remember, but like I I think he he has played football at a high level. I think that I think he's got a certain amount of cachet there, where it's mm-hmm. like okay, like you look at what this guy did in college and and what he's done as a coach to this point. Uh, I think it's easy for him to win people's trust that he knows what he's talking about when it when it comes to that. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a, a tough situation for him you know if he if he goes to another team and you know depending depending on what they have on offense you know do they have some pieces it's not going to be like this and if if they, if they had pieces like this then the coach previously probably wouldn't have been fired mm-hmm. um he's in a unique spot too because he was the he was on the on the team as a quarterback with Dak when Dak was drafted, so they have a different relationship that way. And then he helped him a lot. You know, he helped him more than the starter did. Everyone knows that. And then, and then he becomes his quarterback coach, and now the offensive coordinator. So they've been able to have a relationship that will be unlike anything else he's done before. I think he's relatable. I think he can do it, and he's very, very smart. But it will be a challenge because this has kind of been molded into this spot of offensive coordinator and that won't be the case if you go somewhere else yeah i do when i think about like an opportunity for kellen i would i just lean toward thinking like if he was going to go somewhere that was about to draft a quarterback and he's going to have the chance to like do that all over again as opposed to going somewhere with like an established veteran not saying that he couldn't do that but maybe it would be easier for him to do it well, organically the way look he at did the with two, Dak. look at the two spots that are open one of them is that way it's got a quarterback sure you know with Jacksonville. Oh, i would be really excited to see kellen morgan a chance to coach trevor lawrence that would be fun i actually think that that's a situation that looks like it would be a good situation for somebody like him if if the owner were the type of guy that's willing to give him a long runway because that's not a quick rebuild. I don't think. I don't yeah. think Jacksonville is one of those places that well, you're going to rebuild also, quickly. They're keeping their GM, which I don't know if that's a great idea. I don't. That, yeah, that gives me pause. And then the the other job that's open is a little more dysfunctional over there with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a hard. That's going to be. I don't care who you are. It's going to be a hard city to coach in. Just because I think there's a lot of distraction there. There's a, that's you know every city has its distractions, but I think that city has a lot of distractions, and I think that's a challenge. I'm glad, and just to circle back on that, that like I think that an easy thing to knock Kellen for 
it, and and I I agree to a point is like it it's hard for me to imagine him leading a locker room of like a 70 players and 30 other coaches and all the personalities and the egos that go into that but then at the same time like look around the league Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, um, even I know it sounds silly now, but like Sean McVay had no like NFL cachet when mm-hmm. he got the Rams job. And so I think that that's not as big of an obstacle as I think a lot of people want to make it out to be. But like I do Kellen from, fits right in the mold of a lot of these successful hires over the last three But or four from years. a personality standpoint, that's where I wonder. And I haven't spent enough time around Kellen. I think, no, Kellen, I think you have to have a very commanding presence. If you're going to be that guy, like, I think McVeigh, he command like you look at the way he kind of presents himself. Yeah. He commands a certain. And I think, right, you know, I think that's probably something Kellen would have to work on as a head coach. But I do know he's got far more personality than he likes to show. I believe in that. I believe media. that. Yeah, I believe. So that. I would be it would be interesting to see what that looked like. And another thing, too, is like I think Kellen Moore understands the situation he's in right now. Yeah. Like he's got a very visible high profile head coach with an ego of his own who Mike McCarthy I think didn't mind having Kellen Moore here but he's still what like Mike McCarthy didn't hand pick him so he's like I'm not the coach's guy I'm getting a lot of credit for this offense like I just need to stay in my lane and not yeah. be a thorn in Mike McCarthy's side so I wonder if he got into his own situation where he was calling the shots I wonder what that would look like it's it's hard to imagine honestly cuz Kellen's been here since 2015 mm-hmm. and he's been so low key the entire time like I it's hard to imagine in any other way but yeah. Yeah. which would be harder to replace for Dallas Quinn. Dan Quinn they yeah. asked yeah <clears throat> they asked me this on the radio today and I didn't want to answer it and I like I lean toward I put so much value on like the quarterback play caller you want those two guys in sync you want the people in charge of your offense like in lockstep but there's so much talent on this offense that I think it sells itself and the ability to like work with a Dak Prescott I think you could get yourself a hell of a pool of candidates if you did have to replace Kellen just haven't seen anything like what Dan Quinn's done with this defense in the last 10 years. I think the biggest key to that is you've got to know how to use Michael Parsons for Michael Parsons to be the Michael Parsons that we've seen this year. It would have been very comfortable for a lot of defensive coordinators to just keep him at linebacker, and he would have been a guy that was at the top of the league in tackles. He would have made some splash plays, sideline the sideline. You may have seen some stuff in coverage. You probably wouldn't have seen him with his hand on the ground rushing the passer. And so that's where I'm like, I want a defensive coordinator, whoever he is. If Dan Quinn leaves, I need somebody that knows how to use a a rare talent like Micah in all those different ways and give him those opportunities rather than just kind of putting him in a box and asking him to do that great. Because he can do it. I just think you're not going to get the most out of him. I would, and I, I think the world of Kellen, and the whole through this whole tough six weeks or so, like I don't, I don't put too much of that on him. I mean, everybody had a hand in it, but yeah. I just, I don't think he just lost the plot. I think he's a really good coach. I'd be sad if he left, but if you're making me say one, I say Dan. All right. That's a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk tomorrow about the off the Arizona defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Keep and Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!